Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a teaching tutorial Thursday on a Thursday afternoon, I might add. Recording at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, presented by DraftKings. Love me some DraftKings. Everything about them, including they're starting to have some football specials come out, some football offers. You know why? Because there's a football game in four hours. Get excited, everybody. I am excited because it is live NFL action tonight. Yes, I know that the score doesn't count. But as I tweeted today already, at Ross Tucker NFL, for over 50 dudes playing tonight, this is pretty much the biggest game of their lives. First preseason game, first impression, most playing time they'll get. Yeah, it matters. Believe me, a lot to those guys. You know what matters to Brian and I? Those of you that go the extra mile. Those of you that say, you know what? I've been listening to Ross for years. or I listen to Ross all the time. He always has these contests. I never do it. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do one of these contests. I'm going to be a winner. I want winners. I want people that want to win. People like Nicole Becker. Nicole retweeted one of our posts, either at, I think it was at Ross Tucker Pod. I don't think it was at Ross Tucker NFL earlier this week. Kudos to you, Nicole. By the way, do you realize we're one week away? From me doing the Eagles game on TV and posting press box food, whatever it may be. I was feeling really good about it a couple months ago. Now it might be sandwiches in a bag again. I don't know. But whatever it is, I shall post. Because that is how some people know me as the press box food guy. My parents, so proud about that Princeton education, getting them a son who's the press box food guy. Anyway, Nicole Becker, you retweeted something at Ross Tucker NFL or at Ross Tucker Pod. Send me an email, Ross at Ross Tucker.com. Let me know what you want. Sign picture, sign press pass. I'm going to have Steelers Eagles on Thursday night. Might have heard of those two teams. Or if you want to sign card, whatever you want, I got it for you. Sponsor confirmation email winner, Lem Houston. Now that is a familiar name. Lem, I think you've won before. Maybe the spread the word winner. Maybe the YouTube shout out. I don't know. 
but you're a, you're a dude. You're, you're, you're always contributing, and it's much appreciated. He used the flowers code. And then the YouTube shout-out, Steve Bender. Steve Bender, subscribe to YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Commented on a couple videos. That's all it takes. It's that easy. Subscribe, free. Comment, free. Get a cameo-style shout-out that people pay money for. You get it for free, free. Anyway, it's Thursday. It's the last show of the week, although you should absolutely listen to the Even Money podcast. Joe Dolan did his running back rankings, Tears of Dolan on the Fantasy Feast. Uh, Awesome, awesome week. Emory Hunt did the Big Ten. There's a lot to get to, but it's the last show of the week, which usually means it's Greg Cosell time. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, Greg, I cannot wait to get some of your preseason viewing tips, (laughs) preseason viewing habits in a couple minutes. But I do want to start with the news in Indianapolis. Carson Wentz out five to 12 weeks after the foot surgery. Very unfortunate for him again. I think we have to start, though, Greg, with Jacob Eason. You know, this is a guy that was the number one ranked player in the country When he went to Georgia, obviously you studied him before last year's draft. There's a chance this guy's going to start some games, maybe a bunch of games for the Colts. What do you remember about Jacob Eason? What can you tell us? Yeah, I've been around Jacob Eason, so I know him a little bit. And uh, I I saw him for the first time when he was going to be a senior in high school. And he he looks the part. I mean, he was 6'5", 235 when he was in high school. Uh, I mean, he's got great size. He's essentially, Ross, a pocket quarterback. He's got some functional movement ability and and some plus athleticism, but he will succeed or fail based on his ability to play efficiently from the pocket. And there's so many things that go into that. Um, A lot of the mental part of that, he'll be learning on the fly. But I, I think the concerns you have with Eason, because there's no question he's got a big arm and can and can throw the ball, but the concerns you have with him have to do more with his pace and his touch, his ability to layer and feather throws when demanded, and obviously that's very much demanded in the NFL. I think what you'll see as well is I think you'll see teams, if he's the starter, um, heat him up a bit and see how he reacts to pressure. Because he's a young quarterback, he, he's, like I said, he's not immobile, but he's essentially going to play from the pocket, so you know where he's going to be. And I think you'll see him get heated up in, in, in situations where defenses have their sub-packages on the field, which is where most of the, the pressure schemes come from. You come, it comes from nickel and dime. Uh, so, uh, you know, I think that he's fortunate that he was with Frank Reich last year as a rookie. He had a chance, ideally, to really study at the altar of Philip Rivers, who's as good as there is in the mental part of the game and understanding all the elements of quarterback play. Uh, but it's, it's you know, I guess what I would say is if I was the Colts, I would see if, if, if Jacob Beeson can play. Yeah, I mean, I guess on some level, Greg, uh, we don't have to try to figure this out, right? If if they were blown away by what they saw from Easton as a rookie, they wouldn't have traded for Carson Wentz, right? So they, yeah, I mean, I, I, mean never, go I, ahead. I never know how to respond to that stuff. You know, you had the same argument with, with Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, obviously, Rodgers is a true all-timer. 
you wouldn't put Wentz in that category. Um, you know, I, well, the difference I is but, that I think the well, Colts believe that they are that they're a really good team. They've been a playoff team. Uh, they have a good roster. You know, I think their feeling probably was that we wanted a veteran quarterback who's played in meaningful games in his career and played in playoff games. And Carson Wentz is that guy that we didn't want to take a really good roster and put it in the hands of a quarterback that's never played. So I don't know. Maybe what you're saying is true. Maybe it's not. That's a hard question to answer. Yeah. I mean, look, in my opinion, they might like him. But if they were blown away by what they saw from him every day, I don't think you trade for Carson Wentz. You probably bring in some other type of veteran, but I don't think you trade for Wentz, that contract, give up those picks. That's just my opinion. I'm not putting words in your mouth. You could be right. Um, You know, like I said, this is a a playoff team. Uh, If I remember correctly, they lost to to, uh, Buffalo in the playoffs last year and what, you know, ended up being a pretty competitive game. So they probably felt going into this year that, hey, we, we, we can compete for the AFC, that we're good enough to play with the Kansas Cities and the Baltimores and the Buffaloes, uh, and that, you know, we don't, we don't want to put it in the hands of a quarterback that's never played. Even if we love him, we don't want to put it in his hands. So, again, I, those are hard questions to answer. That becomes speculation. Yeah, I guess the thing that's interesting to me, too, about Eason is he obviously did enough that he was the number one player in high school, right? I think oh, you yeah. mentioned that. The 6'5", 235, big arm, goes to Georgia. But then he lost the job at Georgia. So, you know, he obviously did something not as good there uh, to Jake Fromm. Goes to Washington and does enough positives that he still gets drafted in the fourth round. So yeah. it, he's one of those guys, Greg, that there's definitely something there. But there's also definitely something missing. And you feel like the thing that – I didn't know if the thing that was missing was mobility, ability to process. It sounds like you think maybe the thing that's missing is just um, the other throws in his tool bag, so to speak. Well, I can only speak to the tape. You know, look, you and I both talk to people and, and you hear things. Uh, so I don't really want to go there, you know, but I can only speak to the tape. I think that he needs – uh, a better repertoire of throws because, as I said, he he's not very good when it comes to pace and touch. He also had a tendency, and I watched a lot of games. I actually watched him in his freshman year at Georgia as well. And by the way, he played well as a freshman at Georgia in the SEC, and he lost his job essentially due to injury. I mean, we, you and I were not there every day, so we don't know how it all played out. But he got hurt, if I'm not mistaken, in his first game in his sophomore year, and Jake Fromm came in, and Easton never got the job back. Um, but he has a tendency, based on his, his Washington tape in 2019, to spin out of the pocket to his left and backwards in response to pressure. And you cannot do that. And, you know, hopefully that's something that's been worked on because you cannot spin backwards in the NFL. You know, I thought it was interesting. Sam Farmer from the LA Times had a story yesterday where Philip Rivers has not ruled out, Yeah, you know, maybe playing this year after his team's high school season. I almost wonder, I said this on Twitter uh, Greg on Tuesday night at Ross Tucker NFL. I wonder if you know the Colts. If if Wentz are going to miss three or four games, maybe they could get Philip Rivers on the Josh McCown program, where he flies in Friday night after the high school game and and plays Sundays. But we know what Philip Rivers has always been. 
I guess my question is, late in the year, what what is he still, Greg? I mean, is, is he still what he's always been, or has there been a decent drop-off just in case somebody would be interested in him now or later in the year? I think he's essentially the same. Um, he was never a big-armed power thrower. Uh, you could probably say his arm is not exactly the same as it was five or six years ago, but his game is really built more on the mental part. You know, Philip Rivers, if you think back to when he was with the Chargers, he played the game exactly the way Peyton Manning played the game. He controlled the game at the line of scrimmage. That's where he was outstanding. And the thing that always stood out about Philip Rivers was how physically and mentally tough he was in the pocket because he was not going to leave the pocket. You know, that was not his game. He was a pure pocket player. And I can think back and see so many plays in my mind's eye where he just stood there knowing he was going to get hit, waiting as long as he could, making late in the down pocket throws. I think he's always been that guy, Ross. And and I don't think that the way he played the position changed at all. This is who he is. Um, the other guy I wanted to ask you about, Nick Foles. Uh, we've talked about Nick Foles a lot, you and I, over the years, Greg. And and Nick has made it very clear that he thinks he can still play at a high level. He wants to be traded. He's the third-string quarterback in Chicago. But he's kind of been benched two years in a row. I mean, benched for Minshew in Jacksonville two years ago, benched for Trubisky after he came in for Trubisky last year. You know, is there hope in your mind, Greg? Have you seen enough from Foles the last two years to think he could go to Indy or somewhere else and play at a high level still? I wouldn't say high level. I think you could line up and play with Nick Foles. I think there's certain things you have to do in your offense, in your pass game, to play to what he is. He's not really a drive thrower. Um, I don't think that he moves exceptionally well. Um, you know, I thought last year... Uh, and and I know some people have told me this, so I'm only going to respond to what I was told, that uh, he might have been a little overweight. So, you know, I think Nick Foles is purely a stopgap at this point. You know, if I'm Indianapolis, and and I doubt Chris Ballard is going to give me a call, but if I'm Indianapolis, personally, I would play Jacob Beeson before I would trade for Nick Foles. Interesting. Why? You know, I think... First of all, you need to see what Jacob Beeson is. You drafted him in the fourth round. Carson Wentz, yes, you traded for him, but he's got an injury history, which now has shown up again. You need to find out what Jacob Beeson is. But again, I understand the way they see their team. They believe that they can compete, and Foles is a veteran, and he knows Frank Reich's offense, so I'm sure they would feel that he he can just come in and line up and play but there are limitations to what he can do. Um, You could probably say the same about Eason. The limitations are totally different there from lack of experience and, and understanding all that you need to understand mentally to play at a higher level. But I think at some point, particularly on a good team, a good roster, you need to find out what Jacob Eason can do. Last guy I wanted to ask you about before I pick your brain uh, for our listeners sake about the preseason the Minnesota Vikings uh, released Jeff Gladney. He has an off-the-field yep. uh, domestic issue, domestic abuse issue. His agent came out and said, you know, it's innocent until proven guilty. At any rate, I mean, he's a first-round pick, Greg, last year. 
Yeah. So what did what did you remember from Gladney in college? And what did you see from him last year that the Vikings are losing? Well, I liked Gladney coming out. He played predominantly on the outside in college. He was competitive, physical, feisty. I thought he was a good prospect. He played both outside and in the slot last year as a rookie for Minnesota. You know, I think he was one of those young corners along with Dantzler, who they drafted as well, that they thought would be the future of the position at corner for them. Because obviously a couple of years ago, they let Xavier Rhodes go. They have a lot of young corners on their roster. Um, And, you know, I think they thought Gladney was going to be one of their main guys, both playing outside and in the slot in their sub. Uh, so they definitely lose something. They let Mike Hughes go. He's not there anymore. So they're down at the corner position. Um, he was a really good prospect, but, you know, this is the way it goes. Um, I also wanted to pick your brain, like I said, Greg, about preseason games. Now, I know from other <laughs> years, okay, I know you're not – look, the preseason starts tonight with the Hall of Fame game. Um, I know you're not a huge fan of preseason games because – as you've gotten older, you enjoy the scheme stuff, the chess match as much as anything, and that preseason can be very vanilla. That said, for the listeners, right? Yeah. If they're watching a preseason game on TV. What what would you recommend them look at? I mean, I guess I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it's not a big scheme thing. So I guess my yeah. recommendation would be watch the players – that you're interested in watching or that there's a battle or whatever, hone in on those guys because they're out there playing their best and trying to perform as opposed to maybe just watching the football or whatever. Yeah, you hit it on the head as far as my my personal feeling, and, and everybody's different. But as I've evolved in my career, particularly watching the NFL, it's obviously different when I watch college players, and then I'm very focused on individuals. Uh, but – I'm a very scheme and tactic based guy now when I watch the NFL. Do I take note of players? Of course, of course I do, but I really enjoy the schematics of, of run games. I've learned so much more about run games in the past couple of years. I've always really uh, enjoyed looking at pass game concepts. I've become much more focused through many conversations with coaches on the defensive side of the ball, both fronts, coverages. So I'm, I'm very scheme-based when it comes to watching the NFL, which is why the preseason for me sometimes can be a hard watch. But I'm talking about watching the coaching tape. You know, I think when you watch a game on TV, you're, you're looking at players because the schemes are, are you know, yes, do, do teams practice certain things? Because obviously, look, you know, Ross, you played. You know, if you're a zone-running team and that's your run game foundation, are you going to run zone runs? Of course, you have to practice what you do every day, and it's nice to do it against different competition. But you're just working on the basics of it. You know, you're not, you're not game planning for an opponent. You're not worried about what the defensive front is. You're not worried about how they play their linebackers. You're not worried about all their coverages, which, by the way, teams won't play anyway. Uh, so it's really individual-based. And, you know, I think for most teams, you tell me. I mean, you, you, you study this probably a lot more than I do. Wouldn't you say most teams, with few exceptions – know who their top 30, 35 players are right now, and it's really the bottom 10 or 12 on a given team? No question. It's actually, I would say, less than that. I I think they've got a pretty good idea who their top 43, 45 guys are. 
and they're actually battling for the last eight roster spots and then the practice squad. However, I would say like, so, you know, I do the Eagles preseason games on TV, right? right? Like the left tackle battle between Mylotta and Dillard, I would imagine they're both on the team, but like that's real, right? They're going to find out who's starting or a linebacker spot or, you know, who gets more snaps, Sweat or Barnett, or even the safety next to Anthony Harris for as long as, Rodney McLeod's out. Like, like they right. know in my mind probably that Epps, you know, is going to be on the team, but they they want to know if he's going to be the guy that's starting back there. Yeah, and but I think what's also maybe diluted the preseason games to some degree is more and more teams. Obviously, last year was an an abnormal year, but more and more teams now have two three day practices with other teams. Like, for instance, you do the Eagles. If I'm not mistaken, aren't they? matching up with two other teams over the next couple of weeks in terms of practice. Isn't it the Jets and I forget who it is. You, you may uh, know. Patriots. Yeah. Jets and the Jets Patriots. And Patriots. Right. So they're going to have two, three days of head to head against each of those teams. My guess is the coaching staff will likely feel they'll learn more on those days than they will in the, in the preseason games themselves. All right, I'm going to put you in a tough spot here, Greg. Oh, okay? boy, Ross, here we go. I'm going to name, like, 20 guys that are going to the Hall of Fame this weekend, and I just want you to pick one guy that you want to talk about. Okay. okay? Peyton Manning, Charles Woodson, Calvin Johnson, Alan Fanica, John Lynch, Drew Pearson, Steve Atwater, Isaac Bruce, Steve Hutchinson, Edger and James, Troy Polamalu. And these are some of the interesting ones. Harold Carmichael, Jimbo Covert, Bobby Dillon, Cliff Harris, Winston Hill, Alex Karras, Donnie Shell, Duke Slater, Max Speedy, and Ed Sprinkle. Pick one, Greg, that you think would be interesting. Like, I would, I would want you to pick Harold Carmichael because my dad and people talk about it, but yeah. I didn't really see him play. Well, I love Harold. I know him personally, as you do too, I'm sure. But the guy I would love to talk about, and I will, is Isaac Bruce. Because I, I always thought Isaac Bruce was a big, big-time receiver. You know, I'm not going to sit here and start making lists and say he should be in the conversation with this guy or that guy. But, you know, he caught, if I'm not mistaken, about 119 balls before uh, the greatest show on turf. I think in maybe 1995 or 96 when I think Tony Banks was the primary quarterback for the Rams. And I just loved watching Isaac Bruce. This was more of a fan thing, Ross. I just loved watching him run routes. And then when Mike Martz got there and they ran that style offense with the speed cuts, he was so fluid and so smooth. And I'm sure Kurt Warner would tell you that throwing those deep digs to Isaac Bruce, I mean, Isaac Bruce was just so much fun to watch. The way he moved, it looked effortless. And uh, he was one of my favorite receivers to watch. And I'm really glad he got into the hall because, you know, he played. There's been so many receivers and we now play going back even 20 years now, even a little more where the the numbers for receivers, the statistics for receivers have really jumped because of the change in the NFL game. And I'm just so glad he's been recognized because I always thought he was a great, great player. Yeah, um, man, I just distinctly remember. Those guys would make those in cuts on the digs, ah. and the ball was there, and it the just felt like there. it was unstoppable. Yeah. It, it was amazing. 
Uh, Greg, awesome, awesome spot. Love having you on every week. Man, before you know it, we'll at least have some preseason video to discuss from a player standpoint. I know, I know you like scheme, but I also know you like seeing how the rookies look, you know, their first time out, especially the quarterbacks when they get a little bit of playing time. Thank you so much for coming on the show as always. All right, Ross, appreciate it. The cool thing about Greg is I got him every week. I don't need to go out and look for someone to be my guest on the Thursday of each week. Because these days, going out and looking for someone to do anything, it is not easy. Hiring is hard. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has made it easier to get the candidates worth interviewing faster, and it's free. Everybody I know, my buddy that runs the bank, my wife with her propane business, my jobs, that my business, that it's not easy to find people. It's really, really hard, in fact. So that's why you do LinkedIn. You can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn jobs. Then you can focus on the candidates with the skills and experience you need. There's simple tools like LinkedIn job to quickly filter and prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire so your business can make more money. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates worth interviewing faster. Did you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? 40 mil, peeps. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Ross. That's linkedin.com slash Ross to post your job. Yeah, you, for free. Terms and conditions apply. Tux Takes. Well, you mentioned it with Greg Ross. Uh, any other thoughts on the Hall of Fame enshrinement and the festivities going along with that this weekend? So I, I, I guess what I would say is it is what it is. Everybody's lives have been affected by the pandemic. Uh, nothing was unscathed. But I think it's a little bit of a bummer for these guys. You know, I mean, it's like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And then, I mean, there's eight guys going in like normal in the class of 2021. But then all the 2020 guys are, and there's like 20 guys in the class of 2020. So it's just a lot of people. And I guess it loses the luster a little bit for the 2021 guys, the 2020 guys that they're you know, going in at the same time and it's kind of overwhelming, but ultimately I think it's just the matter of you got voted in, you got that honor. People are recognizing how good you were and you get to say you're a hall of famer. So I guess I'm just a little bit bummed for those guys, but I get it. I will say, um, you know, I'm in this era where I played with and against a lot of these guys, Alan Fanica, Steve Hudson, the two guys going in both really, really good players, really good players. Somewhat similar, I think uh, Fanico was more known for his pulling. Hutchinson more known for probably point of attack. He wasn't as much of a puller. So they had a little bit of different styles, but that was also because of the schemes that they played in. But, man, it was, it was uh, fun to watch those guys on tape over the years. Tuck's takes. The game tonight, Steelers, Cowboys, who you got? Well, based on what Steve Fezzik said on the Even Money podcast this week, I've got the under, Bry. I've got the under. By the way, you see DK Sportsbook? 
even tweeted that clip out. That was pretty sweet. They took a clip from our show about Steve saying, take the under, and tweeted it. That was a first. That was cool. Um, yeah, that's about it. Other than that, like, I know the starters won't play that much tonight. I don't care. I know most of the guys playing. It's Steelers helmets and uniforms, Cowboys helmets and uniforms. They're playing against each other. There's jobs on the lines. There's lives on the line. And I'm really looking forward to it. No idea who would win. I guess neither starting quarterback's playing. I think the Steelers probably have better backup. So I'll go Steelers. Ducks takes. Some of the recent signings include Bucks defensive coordinator Todd Bowles getting a three-year extension to stay in Tampa. Jets signed veteran quarterback Josh Johnson and the Titans signed quarterback Matt Barkley after cutting Deshaun Kaiser. So Bowles earned that via his defense's performance last year. He upgraded that unit significantly, and it was a big reason why they won the Super Bowl, obviously. And then for Josh Johnson, man, he's he's approaching legendary journeyman status. I think this is like the 17th time he got signed. I don't think it's the 17th team, but 17th time. That's pretty incredible. And then Matt Barkley, first of all, I'm surprised about Deshaun Kaiser. Watching him that redshirt freshman year at Notre Dame, maybe redshirt sophomore year, and get, and meeting him when I did the blue gold game, I really thought that he would have a bright future. I'm not sure what happened there to Deshaun Kaiser, unfortunately. As for Matt Barkley, you know, is he going to have a longer career than like Matt Leinart and Mark Sanchez? I, I think he, I mean, two guys that were like top 10 picks. It's Probably close at this point if he hasn't already surpassed them. Ducks takes. The other news items include Bengals wide receiver Tyler Boyd saying Tyler Boyd saying that quarterback Joe Burrow looks quote iffy on his knee. Philip Rivers says he hasn't ruled out coming back after his team's high school season is done. NFL senior VP of officiating Alberto Riveron is hanging it up. He's retiring. RG three heads to ESPN and the NFL PA is asking the NFL for daily testing again. So, uh, not good for Joe Burrow, that Tyler Boyd, saying he looks iffy on his knee. I mean, it's just not. There's no way around it. Um, Boyd's been around long enough. He knows not to say stuff. That's not great. I think he was trying to give Joe an excuse for a poor performance thus far in camp. But that's concerning. Rivers, you know, he did that Sam Farmer story, and then he talked to Mortensen and said, there's no way he would come back until after his high school season because I guess people like me started to speculate about him starting the first few games for the Colts. Riveron, wow, you want to talk about a guy that got pooped on a lot. I mean, Riveron got pooped on like very few people in NFL history have been pooped on. I mean, every single week it seems like people were just ripping River on. Uh, he's probably, I don't know how old he is. I don't know what he's doing next. He's probably so happy to retire. I mean, that is a pressure cooker of a job that's just criticism all the time. I guess RG3 is done as a player. Supposedly he has an out that if a team wants to sign him, he can go do that. But what a unique career. I mean, rookie of the year, division winner, 
I think I saw where he won seven starts after that. Seven starts total the rest of his career after that. As for the NFLPA asking the NFL for daily testing, you know, there's been enough breakthrough cases of this Delta variant on COVID that I think the NFLPA wants to make sure that their guys are safe and protected. I think they want to make sure. Now, some of the guys like Jimmy Graham aren't happy. Like, wait a minute. I got the, I got the vaccines. I don't have to do daily testing. Now I have to do daily testing anyway. So that's in that. And I can see the frustration there, but the NFLPA just want, they don't want guys out and about, you know, in New York, you know, even if they are already vaccinated, I don't think they want guys in the facility that are positive. Because there's been enough breakthrough cases. So I kind of get that. Plus, the big deal this afternoon is Kirk Cousins says he wants to be surrounded by plexiglass or something. And he's not vaccinated. Although he doesn't say that. You know, none of the guys, the one thing I don't understand is none of the guys that are not vaccinated. Why don't they just say it? They all say, like, it's a private thing. It's a personal thing. I guess I don't understand why. They don't just say, no, I'm not vaccinated, and then state their reasonings or their their reasons or their logic, right? Like, you obviously feel pretty strong about it, that you're not doing it. I think the rest of us could benefit from hearing those reasons, that logic, right? Like, if, if you feel so strongly that you're not doing this, even though most of your teammates are, I don't know. I guess I kind of feel like, look, it is private, it is personal. They don't have to say anything. But I'd like to think if you felt that strongly about it, that you'd feel strong enough about it to talk about why you feel that way. I think I'd have more respect for that, quite frankly, than just it's private, it's personal. Okay, but you're kind of playing a team sport, and it kind of affects the team. Speaking of the team, the last thing I'm telling you guys this week, because it's the first thing I want you to do when the show ends, is to sign up for a free account at fantrax.com slash Ross. F-A-N-T-R-A-X.com slash Ross. Why do you say you should do that? Well, first of all, their NFL Fantasy Football League manager is by far the most customizable, easy-to-use, and feature-rich platform in the industry. You can change how many dudes are in the league. You can change how many guys you draft. You can change what everything. You can change everything at Fantrax, which is why it's what we're going to use for the season-long redraft league for the Fantasy Feast. So if you want in on going against Joe and I in the season-long league, where we do a draft one night in September, and then every week we get to you know, talk trash and track it with each other, the way to track it is to go to fantrax.com. Again, F-A-N-T-R-A-X.com slash Ross and sign up today because I've already gotten several. So if you want in, you better do it now. Other than that, shout outs are in order. Of course, Pizza Boy Brewing. I went there for lunch today. Delicious. I actually got a salad because I'm crazy healthy. Sportaculture, Vision Comics with an X humanheadnyc.com, and our boy Chris Aronchek from SteakhouseSports.com. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. 
Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mention DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109-WITH-IT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, it doesn't always. Sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 